0: i Spaces
1: diamond we got joe we're trying something a little new here we're going to get a little music going while some people start to start to drip in
2: bada bing diamond you are going to be first up thanks for being here early
3: bada bing bada boom is that how is that how we finish it
2: that's it bada bada bing bada bingus bada
3: bungus bada boomers Ah, boy i like it it's good to see you guys again good to chat um yeah just let me know what you need i'm happy to go first um and then everybody else can see what either works well or maybe what not to do but uh, i'm happy
4: to be the guinea pig so all good very cool i think what we'll do is uh start with um with a,
1: a parody of sorts coming up in a couple of, like minutes or if everybody's not too familiar we got an ar in the audience cool we got some other people uh we're going to be bringing some heat today in terms of kill crypto if you're not a fan or know of, uh, of of a show called kill tony everybody will get 1 minute and then we'll do a little bit of back and forth and maybe a little little feedback and and have some fun here on the pitch um i, I recently did this with a with a company yesterday uh, like a friend's company yesterday and um it, it's it's it it works i think or it doesn't and uh it seems to be working from him he helped raise like half a million in the last 24 48 hours but let's uh let's put a little music on while we while we go into this and and then joe i'm gonna go first um with a parody project sounds good a parody project okay okay am i allowed to roast you yeah of course it's gonna be a all parody right, all project right. All right, i don't want to hurt your feelings man no 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 feelings to be hurt and uh, we're gonna change the title up here a little bit. Um, to for kill crypto, and to get more people in here, and we're gonna start here in like about one minute. Yeah, we'll take um, we'll take everybody
2: in order in which they request to be speakers here. So I think okay. uh, we ended up beavis uh, hit the request.
1: Getting some nice founders coming up, and we're about to start kill crypto. So let's start with the first one, Joe. I got an idea for a crypto project. You ready? What you got? Have you ever heard of three arrows capital? Yes. All right. My idea for three, instead of three arrows, four arrows, because three wasn't enough. And if we, if we get a fourth arrow in there, like, maybe it'll work this time. What do you think?
4: I don't know,
2: dude. I think I, think I like two-inch, the concept that we came up with oh,
1: right. in Austin. Well, well, in
3: Joe, it. Joe if, if you like two-inch, I'm, I'm your man.
1: Yeah? That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So, Diamond, you're (laughs) up and you're ready for it for for an episode or the first episode of Kill Crypto. The idea here is a one minute pitch and then we give feedback based upon um, what we think. And, you know, we're just two people that are looking at like, I don't know, 300, 400 projects a month.
3: Yeah, no big deal.
1: And then we can give uh, feedback and we talk to about 70 or 80 different investors and uh can try to give some real feedback if you're up for it
3: heck yeah uh, as long as you don't call hr for my last comment then we're doing
4: that there's no hr in
3: crypto i've actually got a really funny really funny graphic for that um maybe i'll, I'll send it to you guys uh oh, thanks I'll, I'll send it in DM yeah, DMs only. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely hilarious. Anyways. All right. Well, thank you guys a ton. Uh, one minute is not usually my strong suit, um, but we'll we'll give it a go. So a uh, tiny little bit of background just on, on myself uh, so that we're aware of what's going on. Um, been building in the space effectively since uh, 2017. Uh, was advising and and supporting fundraising, actually. Reg A and Reg BS fundraisers in 2016-17 accelerated some tech into the U.S. government. Why does that matter? Um, Because we've built a lot of DeFi products. A a few of them are are fairly notable. Banky, Moonwell. um, We've built Rome Terminal uh, and and quite a few other things. Uh, Liquid staking, institutional liquid staking. And we've realized that, and I think this isn't news to anybody, but there's kind of three problems that the space is facing, three major problems the space is facing, and, and we've got a solution for it. Uh, so, I'll tell you what those three problems are. Uh, the first one is, uh, in our opinion, well, not in our opinion, this is, I think, objective, uh, there's been a bit of proliferation of layer ones and layer twos uh, over the last little bit, uh, which is super exciting. Obviously, a lot of new technologies coming out, a lot of new builders, a lot of new groups. Um, but what that has done is created increasingly disparate groups of builders separated from Uh, groups of users. And so um, we've been talking a lot about bridging cross-chain communication. We've got a solution um, that removes all of the obstacles. Oh, wow, that was a minute already. That removes all of the obstacles um, to uh, connecting those builders and users. We're calling it connective tissue. Uh, This is also um, cliche, but uh, objectively accurate is the user experience problem. So we keep saying as a space, here, we've got this incredible technology, come over here and use it, it'll change your life. But in the meantime, you're probably going to get beat up, mugged, and you'll be lost without a cell phone or a map for a significant amount of time. And then we're surprised when people don't uh, rush to break down the door to do that. We've also got a solution that um, completely reimagines, the not completely, but reimagines the user experience in such a way that um it represents what people are already used to what mass market mass retail is already used to and that is and and we got we gotta stop it man we gotta stop it because i don't mean
1: to be rude, but one minute and and this is the part dude it's hard it's hard to get in one minute and uh okay we're gonna unmute everybody again and uh so We got a little bit about your background we got a little bit about kind of the problem the ux the the connective tissue the cross you know identifiable problems um and and so you know if you're kind of like looking at it like objectively like you need to have investors that really kind of corely understand those problems and i i'm not sure that every investor agrees that those are a problem it's kind of like a narrative in the space so the targeting of finding those investors are, you know, rough because they don't always like put their investment criteria out there. And so when when kind of like didn't get to the solution, you gotta you know got to the problem. A lot about your background, a lot about who you are. I, I wouldn't lead with that. I would leave with an agreed problem. Like, and then what's the opportunity? Market opportunity. Then I would lead into kind of like why and end on why you're the person to solve it. But we didn't get to the solution. Should we give him one more minute, Joe? Joe my bad. I was
2: trying to I was trying to get someone else up here as a speaker. Dude, I gotta be honest man. I don't know i I, I have no idea what what that. I have no idea what problem you're solving I I, I I need to hear a little bit more, so yes, i we can't end it on that note. We got to give him another another
3: minute. Land
2: the plane. send him home.
3: <laughs> thanks, guys. Um, okay, so I guess to to repackage that. Um, the the obvious problem is we're getting, or at least what what I believe is a problem, is um, we're getting more and more applications and complexity, and the user experience is not getting better; it's getting worse in many ways, especially for people that don't know um, how to navigate the space. So we've built a solution that connects all the major L1s. We're agnostic to which L1s are successful. We prefer most of them to be successful, so that users can participate in composable financial products across any blockchain um, across any style or type of permissioning uh, including regulated permissioning which uh, we're going through a CMA to purchase some licenses and so on but we've built the infrastructure to make it so that um, the feel and experience for users um, completely abstracts private keys you know account management completely abstracts bridging uh, token standard swapping and the like so that if you want to purchase an asset on Solana and then lend that asset on base, um, you can do that without having to think that you're going from Solana to base and what's happening. Um, that's probably the easiest way to explain it. Um, one minute is definitely not my strong suit. So thanks guys for, the, for the chance. Yeah,
1: I'm going to give you an extra 10 seconds there.
3: Uh, cross-chain app store.
1: It seems to me like what you've built is a cross-chain app store to like unify all of the dApps and all the experiences in crypto and
3: then try to abstract away the complexity. Yes? Um, sort of, the difference is, is that we're doing it through um, unique and already developed technology. Um, we're probably three months from going, going live on this. Um, so we've, we've been working on it for a couple of years. Yeah, it's not just like, hey, we're gonna build an app store. Um, there's actually the infrastructure to facilitate um, not needing You know the users to bridge and to swap tokens into different standards and to consider programming languages and all of these things what it does for builders is allows you to focus on building on a blockchain based on the underlying technology and what it does for your app as opposed to chasing narratives and chasing momentum and airdrops uh and all the stuff we've been seeing so yeah
4: okay very cool um yeah i just joe you got feedback yeah who in a perfect world who do you want to meet
2: are you looking for chains to meet? Are you looking for investors? How can we help you?
3: Yeah, at the moment, um, I mean, we've we've uh, purchased a broker-dealer, an ATS license. We're going through the CMA right now. Um, we've taken in a few small checks over the course of the last year just to get to the MVP point that we're at now. Um, so yeah, our next step really is to, we're doing a, a small round uh, starting essentially now. Um, so yeah, I, I think investors, it, it, in terms of, like ecosystems and foundations. Most of them we have pretty good relationships with already. Um so yeah, it's mainly just, you know, investors that are interested in in this type of infrastructure.
2: Right on. Well we appreciate you sharing. And thanks for being the first up. And we got a lot of lot of heads in here. So yeah, dude, thank you. Stick around. Listen to some more pitches and and uh, we might get nice. We might get mean. Try your luck. Beebus.
4: Hello. <laughs> dude that
5: welcome to the dude day. that was scary <laughs> why was this scary thank you you do a minute yeah i think i can do a minute i think i can do a minute i have not practiced i haven't thought about it until uh that guy started talking but um I'm gonna try, dude. If anybody has ever heard me talk, like my my average time of speaking <laughs> is 20 to 80 minutes. So uh, I, Bro, every single time we have a meeting, we go
1: like another 20 to 30 minutes over our meeting time. Like every single time. So I'm excited to see
2: this. All right, one. All right Beavis, you ready? I'm ready. Bada bing, bada go. All
5: right, I'm here representing Conclave. Um, so Conclave is a venture studio. We're building the next generation of DeFi, Web3 and AI infrastructure. If you've never heard of us or never heard of Bite Masons, that probably sounds like a lot, uh, but in three years we've profitably built one of the biggest portfolios of Web3 related technology, uh, working with close to 20 unicorns or almost unicorns, building out AI solutions, wallet solutions, DeFi protocols, et cetera. Um, and, you know, the cool thing about Conclave is, you know, we've amassed a massive team of senior staff and principal engineers, and we stand at the, the, the forefront of AI blockchain tech. We stand at the forefront of DeFi. And, you know, a, a, a great thing is, you know, we have a very clear path to growth, a huge suite of opportunities, and we can, with a little bit of capital, really power up. Uh, our ability to, to penetrate markets and continue growing our portfolio of IP.
4: Bada bing, we right there. Okay, all right. So, so what do you do? We, we build companies.
5: And we build protocols. Tech.
4: What's your
2: favorite
5: company you've built? Uh, favorite company I built, Byte Masons. Oh, yeah, I like the name. Yep, we're one of the biggest engineering firms in the industry, focused on DeFi.
4: Dude, it's not a venture. Most of the time, it feels like an agency. It feels like a dev shop,
1: and most of the time, those are kind of like lifestyle businesses, and they don't—they're not venture investable. Like I know you guys. I know what you guys have built. You've built really cool shit, and and it works, and it's rad. But from a venture capital pitch standpoint like you have to get like somebody that's like got big bags that really need to really want to break in it's almost seems like they're like a a corp a corp strategy type of like innovation lab like you need to get investments from that are trying to figure out how to build in web3 because dude i know what you guys have built it's rad but uh, from like a venture capital investment standpoint without somebody with like 10 million in token or 10 million like innovation fund to like push this, like I have no idea who to introduce you to because you know, 95, 99% of VC will not touch a a dev shop.
5: I I guess um, my answer to that would be uh, we're not a dev shop. We own a dev shop and through, through our ability to vertically integrate with that dev shop, we were able to produce massive portfolio of property uh, profitably um so i would say we're a lot cooler than a dev shop um you know we have a massive portfolio of tech uh and we have a book of business bigger than you know most uh and you know i probably don't need to elaborate on that but uh
1: yeah yeah i know you do dude and i I know you have like a shit ton of things but kind of like the framing of the pitch in my opinion is like i couldn't introduce you to somebody today right it would be like like it would be like i would have to like um Uh, you know good I think it's pretty public like granary is one of your 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 products that you guys worked on in the past yeah
5: yeah we work we work with the grain foundation oath foundation uh, radiant um, you know optimism Linea, horizon uh, scale etc
1: right right and and so I I guess like you know kind of like how we got in touch originally was like some of the products that you built on and in in the past and then we we learned about you in your business no. through the success of the products right it, it it feels to me it's like i think you went in the right direction around basically saying hey here's a successful product that we've built and we've built another 20 other products that's cool it, i don't i'm not i'm not feeling like the like the entry point from like a venture capital standpoint where where that like that first investment would be in and bite it's like it's almost like you have to like wrap it up in some sort of like ETF of like, Hey, you're going to get an index set of like all of these
4: tokens. That's what I'm pitching. Like, yeah.
5: Hmm. Yeah. Conclave.
4: Conclave is our our umbrella company.
2: So that hold on to to Brian's point. I think that that is the pitch, but that wasn't very clear Mm -hmm. in terms of how to, how to get a piece of what you guys are doing. The distributed nature of, of what you're doing is, is a beautiful thing. But to actually have equity in, in all these different th- adventures that you're going on, that would be, I think that's the pitch.
1: Yeah, I would totally lean into that. You're, you're going to get access. So if you want a diversified portfolio of, of DeFi products, we're, we're your index set for that. Invest in us and everything that we push out from now out of Infinonum, you're going to get a, a taste of every DeFi product and foundation and everything that we work with.
5: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, the long form pitch. I think definitely uh, compressing that into the the elevator pitch could be a good idea. It's a lot to compress, but uh, yeah, yeah, good feedback. Thank you for
2: being up here, Beavis. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course, it's always a pleasure, dude. Thanks. Thanks. This was fun. Hopefully, you definitely, fun the, too. maybe definitely the shortest, fun. definitely the shortest conversation I think we've ever had with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's <laughs> all right all right green jeff how we doing all right
4: hey how's it going you hear me okay
2: loud and clear brother
6: all right great let's do it all right all right let's do- go ahead all right so i am the founder and ceo of demos we establish the human layer for crypto and beyond what does that mean well in crypto We've all experienced a situation where someone is running a bunch of accounts or something gets botted and they get screwed. You get screwed on an NFT mint. You see a thread on Twitter of someone claiming a million dollars from the Arbitrum airdrop across a bunch of accounts, whatever. We have a solution that prevents that outright. Users can confirm themselves as unique individuals in under 30 seconds, mint that attestation on chain, and then any project can gate any single interaction that they want behind an ownership of that token. So you can human gate, DAO voting, token launches, uh, anything you can think of, and that's it. You can do it in the comfort of your own home,
4: and no orb is required. Ooh, the orbless world coin. Orbless world coin.
2: Beautiful and done in forty seconds. It's pretty good, man. Very
1: solid. Um. So. Yeah, I great great on the timing. I got it. I'm in the industry. Some lots of jargon in there. Um what I where I'm going to start to really like hone in on the questions is like what's your distribution angle? Like who who's asking for this?
6: Yeah, great question. Um, we kind of see ourselves as B2B to C. So there are a bunch of mass market facing platforms uh in the crypto space that would be better if they could human gate or bot proof whatever it is they're doing token launch pads, uh, identity layers, all kinds of stuff. We just launched our beta on Polygon and we're working with the team there and the uh, Polygon ID group. So the idea is to weave our way into this growing social identity layer and allow all kinds of projects to access us.
4: So simple protection for your airdrop? For your airdrop, for your anything. All right. So it's almost like an, a
1: security product in, in a way. It's, it's, a identity, it's an identity product, which really you, you, you're looking for like a simple resistant take. It's cool, man. I really like it. Um, in, in terms of feedback, I would make the problem clear, more clear on the, on the front end in saying, hey, Sybil, maybe have some data points or TAM or just some numbers around how many, how many things are botted in the industry. Um, I can tell you, I recently talked to like Uniswap and they said like 70, 70 some percent or even up to eight, up, up towards 80 percent of their traffic is, is bots and, and algo trading. And that's kind of one of the things that they're that they're looking to do and and why they want to kind of push into this like Uniswap V4 front end where it kind of has KYC and anybody can kind of launch their front end. I think that's like a really, really good entry point. They have a grants program that's launching. Um, be happy to introduce you to that. Uh, I know there's like a lot of different KYC type of solutions that are trying to plug into Uniswap before, and they're looking for that. I think that's probably where I can help you the most. Um, so I, I think I think I would be happy to introduce you over there. Awesome, yeah, I'd appreciate that. Uh, yeah, would. So on pitch feedback, I would lean into the simple protection right out of the bat. Have some numbers about like how much token was airdropped to bots and how many people. Built swarms to like get some like airdrop token, um, have like a you know a capitalization of like money lost or something like that, and then anybody who's doing an airdrop from this point forward could basically save by using
4: this this set of tools and processes. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's great. I appreciate that. Cool man, I I don't have a
6: lot of
1: a lot of critiques here, dude. It was it was good. Awesome.
6: Well, uh in the twenty seconds that I didn't use, uh, for those listening, we are live on Polygon. Sign up, we have an affiliate program, you can earn points, and we're launching a token soon. Are you gonna simple protect your own airdrop? Absolutely.
4: Yeah, I was say the same thing. <laughs> that's the that's the case study. <laughs> Very Good cool. Deal. Thank you, Green. Thanks, guys.
2: Appreciate it. All right. This next guest is the smartest gal south of the North Pole, Deborah Simpier. Welcome to the stage.
7: Uh, thanks, Joe. Uh, what an introduction. Um, my name is Deborah Simpier. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Althea. And Althea is a uh, machine to machine payment platform site for machines that enables new ways to fund, build and operate uh, utilities, telecom and infrastructure networks, and that rests on a few key innovations. a fully software-defined and agile networking stack that sends packets or information based on your choice of cost or latency, and then programmatically pays the machines or nodes um, along the way on that pathway in microtransactions, and a, a tokenized asset stack that allows you to fund those infrastructure builds and then lend or get paid back in a programmatic way as well. We've been building since 2018 and been at the top project on the Gnosis chain using XDAI for the last three to potentially four years and been one of the top uh, projects by revenue, demand side revenue in um, on the DPin charts and are now launching the RWA and tokenized asset called liquid infrastructure. That allows that those builders on the the space to access capital, and um, our own blockchain, which is a hybrid Cosmos EVM, uh, here in the next four to four to eight weeks.
2: Right on, right on, Deborah. I've been hearing I've been hearing you say that it's coming in one week. It'll be here in two weeks. It'll be here in one week. I'm getting pretty tired of it. I want it. I want it now.
7: well it is live now for liquid infrastructure it is vip access only so, so I um, get it. i'm
2: not i'm not a very important person <laughs>
1: um,
7: but yes the and uh, we have a number of projects that are getting loaded into the into that that um liquid infrastructure platform right now so um yeah i think if folks are interested we definitely are looking for early beta testers uh, on the, the that asset platform um and there's a number of ways to kind to plug in on the blockchain, uh, as well, including becoming a local chapter uh, of Althea.
4: Okay,
2: right on. So I know the the term liquid infrastructure is kind of something that you guys have created. And that's kind of a narrative that you are owning. The first step is telecom Wi Fi, right? Broadband? Is that fair to say?
7: That's correct. The, um, the yeah, the market's right for disruption. There's about a twenty five percent, you know, of the U.S. that doesn't have adequate access, and it's a perfect fit for that with our, you know, flexible payment strategies.
2: Okay, so Brian's question is probably the same that I'm I'm still thinking about, and that is the distribution of how do you the twenty five percent is the rural folk, right? So how do you how do you access those 25% that are super distributed that might be too far away from their next door neighbor to even hit their house with a rock. How can you, how can you nail the distribution down at scale to where it makes sense from, from an economic standpoint? 100%. Well, the, the,
7: the, the, the like maybe the, the misunderstanding there is that that the underconnected people are all in rural areas. So, seventy-one million people in the U.S. use prepaid phones, um, and the majority of those people are in are in urban areas, and those are are particularly our 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 audience, right? So, the reason why they use a prepaid phone is because they, it's a retail transaction. You can walk into a Walmart, you get an Apple, you get a shirt. You buy a prepaid phone and you have access to the the internet and make calls that's exactly what Althea does for the broadband market and so actually our primary market is those 71 million people that need the internet to be a uh, a retail transaction t-mobile also uh, proved out this market space and that you know 92 percent of all the new internet access in the US was in fixed wireless access a lot of that was T-mobiles simply because people could walk into a store and get online and that's really what like Althea's like Uh, very flexible payment structure allows people to do. It turns in from a a very clunky and full of friction utility transaction to very open and easy to use retail transaction.
5: But then
2: how, for example, let's say I live in a rural place in Arkansas and I don't have access to good internet, hypothetically speaking, how might I interact with Althea network, if let's say you are available in my area, how do I hear about it? How do I execute on it? What is that gonna look like?
7: So think about Althea like the platform underlying everything, like the way that we think about Google, or the way we think about TCP IP, um, it, it is what, what is used to transmit uh, you know, payments and, and routing. So your local ISP will utilize the Althea platform to be able to build in a more cost-effective way integrating with community, uh, utilizing, you know, um, existing infrastructure, maybe they'll want to, you know, locate a tower on your property and you can earn part of that revenue too. Um, But crucially what happens when you value capture with um, data as a commodity is that you aren't value capturing the user, which makes the dead ends in a network. You have a very open access and much more efficient design structure. Uh, But for you as a user, you'll simply have Althea in your home, you'll load up with your debit card uh, and that'll go through a bridge to stable coins. And then that'll, um, that'll get remitted to the different participants in the network automatically.
2: Data is one of the few things that has not been financialized in the economy. Brian and I were having a conversation about this yesterday. Have you thought at all about, about putting, putting time value of money into, into your, your data offerings to people where someone who maybe can't afford great great wi-fi i guess the problem with that is that you use roughly the same amount every month so it's a little bit more difficult to financialize it but that was just a thought i had brian get in here what are you what are you thinking about this
1: it's just it's like a very deep pitch and um and and like as you peel back the layers it gets like more it it feels like a tangent after tangent It, it it's like people understood helium because it's you put this thing in there and you and you earn tokens right and and so the the idea is very similar to that but what kind of turned out was like people weren't like tapping into the helium network and they couldn't generate enough demand and, and so my 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 real challenge here is going to go back to that like do you do you have partnerships with um you know, cell phone providers, or are you able to like plug into the existing systems to like get those minutes on there? And and, and it's going to go back to distribution again, I guess, because.
7: Yeah, I think the first one, too, is like it's important to realize the distinction. I think Masari, uh you know, highlighted it really well between um Helium and Althea's thing. So uh, uh, Helium incentivizes coverage um and Uh, Althea remits uh, payments between, you know, different customers, right? So in, in our model, it's very efficient design, right? You're very focused on, are you building to a customer? Um, and then in helium's model, it's not right. You're just sort of like uh, building for coverage, and we we don't think that really has a sustainable uh, way forward, uh, as as we've seen with other uh, traditional telco and legacy models that have tried to you know build for coverage but not for for revenue. Um, so just just to kind of highlight that just dis- that that distinction there. But yes, of course. I mean, because what's neat about what we do with blockchain is that alignment. Blockchain systems align users and providers, and that's what we've done with Althea they can build at lower cost, they can access a mar- market. That 25% market in the U.S., you know, that's just sitting there. So I essentially go to any carrier I want and say, look, you have a, a 25% extra TAM, total addressable market. Why wouldn't you want that? And we've had a lot of success with that. I actually just talked to a um, uh, a Latin American mid-sized regional uh, telecom that wants to bring everything on chain from their liquid infrastructure to that their they wanna, you know, they wanna do an ad-based token, they, you know, they wanna do uh, the machine to machine payments. You also can't net 30 a smart trash can. And so as these like, like machines come online that you can't you know, uh, value capture in traditional ways, you need a payment platform, it just makes sense.
1: Got it. So so kind of like the IoT, um, Internet of Things connectivity, have the machine pay from machine to machine, starting off yeah. with cell phone and uh, 25% of the TAM that currently doesn't have a cell phone plan and and, and going after that market. I mean, like in a weird personal way, mm-hmm. it, it probably like from my own personal anecdote, I would say that there's an interesting market within that's coming online with children and, and what to do about um i I don't want to buy a whole cell phone plant for my kid but my kids are starting kids kids in their class are starting to get cell phones and apple watches and i think that's like a ripe area for disruption i don't want them on social media like nine and ten years old but at the same time like their friends are getting something and so how do we connect that so connectivity is key and the current options are out there are um are are really like the worst companies in the world I, to think, deal with. I think the answer
2: I think the answer to that Brian is AI pin I don't know if you guys have seen that yet it's pretty fascinating it's basically chat GPT in a bobby pin I think it's got a camera and you can probably do very very basic communication on it but all yeah. it's an encyclopedia yeah. that talks to you and can and can make phone calls
1: Yeah, maybe, but maybe the pitch is simply like without, and maybe not in public sphere, but like the telecom companies are the worst companies in the world to deal with because there isn't any competition and we're Mm. bringing competition to them piece by piece. And maybe that's, that's where you start to lean in because they literally are the worst cable companies and telecom companies flip their finger at you every time you interact with them because you have to deal with them.
7: Well, not only that, they sort of made that like when you were buying internet, you're buying, you know, maybe a physical glass cable to your house, you're buying the bandwidth that is connected and you're buying service and you don't really want to buy all those things, but they've sort of captured you into that really inefficient, um, you know, bundle. And by disaggregating all of these different pieces and incentivizing different participants and allowing people to, you know, fund or buy or own a mile of fiber or part of a telecom tower, you know, you're really disaggregating and you know moving the choice and the ownership back to you know to you brian so you can choose hey i want to pay for this maybe i want to pay for data today or i want to pay this price for this data and yeah. um unbundling. it really changes yeah it really does um which i mean is a little cliche but um no, it's, it's exciting it's to not, see the industry move that way, way. No.
1: yeah people understand yeah. unbundling like like I, I feel like everybody hates telecom everybody hates cable companies like like I would lean into that. Everybody understands that pain point, right? And then and it's a ginormous TAM and you're going after things like the distribution angle is like, here, we're going to start with the small segment, you know, that's 25% rural areas, blase blase, and then grow from there and eventually let people choose because, you know, people don't have cable TV anymore. Like the the cable TV is going and declining and streaming is already kind of hitting its maximum TAM. So this is just done from a from a lower level infrastructure. And uh it didn't come we got there, but but getting that pain point up front is is what I would lean into.
7: Yeah, I think that that's great. You know, sometimes we uh you know we're technologists at heart, so we get a bit yeah. nerdy kind of early on. <laughs> uh so I appreciate like sort of bringing it back in like because not everybody knows how like all the you know the the series of tubes of the internet all works and we don't wanna you know, have to burden the pitch with that education.
1: 100%. We appreciate you,
2: Deborah. Thank you. All right. Next up, we got Mr. Raza. And I I can pretty much say the same thing about you, Mr. Raza. Smartest dude I know north of the South Pole. So don't let us down. That's actually like a diss. He's going to be like,
8: everything you just said, you need to say it much more simply. Uh, hey guys, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, the, the quick gist of what we're doing basically, I'm the CEO and uh, co founder of B, which is focused on automating the making, reading, and implementation of legal contracts. And if you think about legal, uh, it really has sort of two key problems. One, it's crazy expensive. At this point, associates uh, charge about a thousand an hour. And even if you do get an agreement, it's very hard to enforce because you've got to kind of manually stitch together either kind of all the workflow or piece together a bunch of software products, whether it's DocuSign, Carta, et cetera. Um, So it leaves a lot of companies paying a lot, but also very vulnerable. And what we've been focusing on is basically automating the creation and interpretation and implementation of legal agreements to reduce cost, but also increase safety for all stakeholders who are involved. Um, in the Web3 space, what we've seen are kind of a lot of attempts at saying the code will be law, and that's holding back family offices, institutional investors from coming into the space. And so what they're looking for are a set of tools that would allow them to feel comfortable with having a contract that they could also enforce, but benefit from all the automation of Web3.
2: Okay, first first thought is, what is an example I've always had a little bit of an issue with the the argument for real world assets on chain. It's great. It's all fun and, and games, but it's not actually real because if the computer turns off, then it's all completely dis- it's disintegrated. So there's nothing really real about it. But what you guys are doing, taking contracts that are also equally abstract and putting them into the form of code, executable, smart contract, governed. That's awesome. Give me an example of something that, I, I might be able to do in my life. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking maybe a mortgage. Is that something you guys have on the, the near horizon?
8: So, our primary focal point right now uh, deals with startups, investment funds, and the transactions that take place between the two. And you could kind of broadly describe that as project finance. So, a tangible example, something we've talked a little bit about, we support a biotech right now that uh, designs new drug molecules. And normally setting up a drug research program uh, independently is pretty expensive. Um, And it's often tied to one company. And if that company has other issues or fails for any other reason, uh, the investors are basically all screwed. Here, what we were able to do was separate out the drug research program and make it easier for investors to directly invest in the intellectual property. Um, And so that, that sort of Fits more of the project finance vertical, and people use project finance to fund everything from, let's say, film. Uh, you could use it to develop software code. Um, it's often used in real estate, but we are not very uh, into doing anything with real estate. So most of our real world assets would be in the category of intellectual property.
2: Okay, so but still, what what might be? I guess then my question would be: Is this something that I'm ever going to deal with? Because I obviously I, I'm not going to. I'm I'm not in the biopharma space. Obviously there's some derivatives of what's gonna happen to the biopharmaceutical space that might affect me. But is there any consumer retail application anytime soon for something like this in terms of IP?
8: In in terms of kind of retail, mostly it would be retail investors that we would be working with who want to direct capital into projects. Uh, but most of our products are are serving B2B. So we're, for example, helping an investor who is invested in a company make sure that they could protect their rights. Um, we're also helping founders make sure that it's easier for them to continually operate their company without necessarily having a lot of legal fees or uh, having to bring on an, an expensive chief legal officer or chief business officer or, or chief financial officer, I should say.
1: So one of the biggest expenses right out of the gate is like company formation and getting those docs set up is like you know, especially in crypto, it's like, you know, I've heard 50 to like 250k for just company formation and docs, right? And then like the other thing that you mentioned was, was the the Carta thing kind of like falling apart and and making sure that those stocks, then you have like kind of like an angel list fund administrator um, type of situation where if you have a syndicate, there's like an 8k fee for like the fund administration setup. So it seems like what you're trying to to do is simplify the process for company formation to both protect the company's rights and the investors' rights, and and make sure that it's, it stays um, clear. And then one of the one of the first use cases would be uh, the pharmaceutical IP, and 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 get not only protecting the rights for the company and the initial investors, but also giving retail access it's a lot man it's it's two narratives in one right it's like here's a platform for anybody to do it and then there's like oh i got this initial use case
8: yeah i think the 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 sort of ignoring the biotech use case for example uh for a moment um you kind of hit the nail on the head on the core three three problems right first is that setup is really hard so uh, you're going to spend between 30K and half a million on setup, depending on what type of entity it is and what your objectives are. And we basically eliminate a lot of that expense. Um, so, you know, not getting back into the, in the biotech specifics, but the biotech company would have had to spend about $400,000 to set up uh, the drug research program. And we basically eliminated that entire expense for them. Um, But you also identify two other really important things. Um, the, 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 The second part of this puzzle is that even if you sign these docs, most of the time, they're not actually enforceable. And if you've had to litigate to recover assets or enforce any rights in the US, it's a three to five year process. And a lot of investors aware of that only invest in projects or teams they know. So even if you have transaction infrastructure like Web3 that purports it's going to create a trustless world, it's not really trustless. And 99, if not 100 percent of Web3 projects are all funded by founders who met investors face to face and they kind of got to know each other Um, here because you can really enforce your rights without having to go to court. um, uh, This changes the game in terms of actually increasing trust, but it makes it cheaper and easier to enforce your rights kind of along the way. And an example of that is what you cited, which is Carta. In the Carta example, when I contract Carta, if I decide to shut Carta down and delete the cap table, there's nothing investors can do. Whereas in our system, the the software is basically interpreting and implementing the agreements for all sides. So even if you want to kind of say, I don't want to preserve my end of the bargain, our system will still say, hey, this person is in your cap table and these are their rights. Um, and so that's a real shift in terms of how we think software is going to be composed around legal agreements, starting with kind of what we're doing and then lots of other projects over the next several years.
1: I would say this fits into the thesis of like crypto's main thing is, other than speculation, is regulatory arbitrage and, and the more middlemen that you can cut out uh, from you know legal fees and, and, and things along those lines, um, company formation and legal as well as trust the, the question that i have come into play is like how do you have the the oracles that would re, like bring that data back on chain to be able to execute right so i think anytime you touch like real world assets it's who's the oracle and who's who's the centralized entity that's going to end up deciding that that piece and i think that's what's really holding back like real world assets like you know kind of deborah's example of like Wi-Fi and digitalization, it's like, you know, something that you can like shut off. And and but but I feel like within this um code is law, it, it it's kind of coming to fruition. And we you know we've had some like case studies with the Coinbase stuff, but it's not fully like implemented throughout. So the the I, I guess I guess the holes in the in the pitch that I see is okay, like when because it's you're you're talking about these assets that are basically real world assets and paperwork where, I mean, you, you, I guess you have to like make set a precedent first in which it's like seamlessly, you know, somebody, somebody goes adrift and, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's brand new, dude. So I I, I don't know. You need, I, you
2: need I, a Justin Bieber. You need a, yeah. you need a case study that, that you can just point to and say, yeah, that look at how much 100%. money they used to, they would have had to spend $500,000 with us they spent 20 and there's 10 fewer
1: employees involved yeah course. i'll give no. you another example like uh, like uh, uh, zenefits launched on wefunder right which brought a huge amount of attention on on wefunder and you know the zenefits had its own problem with its insurance stuff and they were able to take over the insurance industry state by state in a really like fast paced mode but like it really helped wefunder blew up and and you know Justin Bieber on YouTube pebble watch on kickstarter like for this it it, maybe it's um you know the biopharmaceutical ip company with the with the the creation uh, and reduction but almost like every other company that is looking for company formation it's almost like you're that's that's your competition there's there's competition out there that are doing hey like bvi um you know for the crypto companies you go to these crypto conferences and they have you know, the people like, you know, set up your Cayman Islands accounts and your BVI account. It feels like that's the starting point. And then you kind of build a groundswell over, t- over time.
8: Yeah, we don't, we don't really have a challenge in terms of uh, demand. And we don't ha- seem to run into challenges in talking to investors about what we're doing. The main questions that come up are really what is the full scope of the contracts that you can support? Um, and I think that's an important piece of it because we have demonstrations of, of cost reduction, cost savings uh, through several of our beta customers. The main thing that we're kind of focusing on is making sure investors don't think that we're trying to do every contract uh, under the sun uh, because that is actually a, a, a very difficult problem. Uh, it, it, the, the objective that we have is to rationalize our build process on the expectation that the tools to compose more agreements over time uh, will be available, whether we offer them or other people do. And so every year we should be able to support a wider range of contracts. But I, I think a, a key challenge is getting people to understand that uh, it only currently works if you bound the scope for a business. So we don't wanna deal with real estate transactions or um, other every type of agreement. We just wanna deal with very specific types of contracts that seem to be integral to kind of business formation and operation.
1: All right, so first one's business formation. So, so we simplify business formation contracts, um, on, and we and we keep everything decentralized and stored, so you don't have any risk of understanding the rights and who owns what and who owns who.
8: Well, so our customers, our customers care to some extent about all of the Web three hooks. Um, but they primarily are interested in Web3 for uh, its ability to to give them access to secondary markets. So the way that we approach our technology is to give users options. If you want everything on-chain, go for it. If you want some stuff on-chain, go for it. If you want none of it on-chain, fine. That's all fine as well. Um, we, We sort of look at ourselves more in the category of computational law and contractually powered SaaS than purely Web3.
4: Dude, this is just brand new categories like that's rad um yeah dude uh i
1: i've been following you guys for a while and and excited to see what happens next I, I you know we have some conversations already going on so um you know interested to see where it goes and um you know thanks thanks for coming up today
4: yeah
8: thank you guys have been so incredibly helpful so i really appreciate it
1: thank you rosa
4: all righty, gang. Next up we got Russ. Russ Frankie, how we doing? Oh, there we go. I think my mic was off. Oh good, man. We got
2: you now. How are you doing? doing
9: well. I think um I might get the award for being like the most fun pitch um so far. But uh just real quick and i apologize for my kids just got
4: home. But um I'm uh Russ and I've been in the um in you know, a Five, Russ. I'm Russ. Hold on, hold on. I gotta
2: stop you, man. I'm I'm having a super hard time hearing you. I'm assuming the same oh, goes is it, for everybody it, else. It,
4: uh, it might just be too much background perfect. noise. I'm not sure. I um, so I uh, can't hear you, Russ. Oh no. gosh. <laughs> I have to, I All right, we'll Russ. Up, we're gonna we'll give, you couple, yeah, yeah, we'll give you a couple. Yeah, a couple minutes to figure it out.
2: Corundum.
10: Corundum Corundum. Hey, how's it going guys? Can you guys hear me? You're doing well, loud and clear. Awesome. Yeah, my name is Mark. I'm the founder of Corundum Labs. And uh we are currently developing the first Learn to Earn AI DAP on Solana. And um we have most of our AI models and our back our front end done. We're just um we're just waiting for the right developer to come in and help us integrate everything and uh put it all together. But so far um, the market response has been pretty interesting and, and we have a lot of feedback that we're just waiting to integrate. And so, yeah, that's pretty much my elevator pitch.
2: All right. So wait, a when you say you're waiting for the developer, are you thinking a, some talented developer is just going to walk up and say, Hey, it looks like I can help you guys. What are you, are you, are you actively seeking somebody? What do you? What do you need? Do you need a dev shop?
10: It's a bit of both. So ideally, I would like to have someone who's who who's in line with our vision, but we don't know how long it's going to take. So what's the vision?
2: I didn't. I didn't hear the
10: vision. Oh yeah, so I the, heard
2: what you guys are doing, but I didn't hear the vision. Yeah.
10: So really, so right, right now we're, we're we're developing, um, the first learner earn AI Dapp. So ultimately, we're trying to harness um, AI and blockchain and and put it together into a an educational platform where the AI um pretty much creates and tailors the educational your, your uh what's the word um um it creates lesson plans based off of your your profile with the ai and then it creates lessons and based off those lessons completed in progression we will we will reward you with our token so that's pretty much the general direction that we're going and our our mvp is live so that would give you more of an idea of, of the direction that we're heading to toward
2: Okay, so when you say lesson planner, are are you are we talking anything under the sun, whether I want to learn about DeFi or I wanna learn about the Civil War, literally anything?
10: Pretty much pretty much anything, but not, but a little bit away from DeFi. It's more for for uh general education. So really we're trying to target developing and global youth. And we see this being pretty impactful, um, you know, to developing countries as far as getting this this technology to them
1: what's what's the first lesson plan or lesson path that you think is very valuable
4: um
10: what do you mean by, like um can you elaborate on your on that question sorry yeah, yeah
1: so like a like a teacher puts together a lesson plan for the year and after or a syllabus right and that's what a professor does or a teacher at a school and said this is what the the kids, or this is what the students are going to learn over the course of the year. What's what's your most impactful lesson plan? I
10: think I think most of that decision making that that decision would be mainly uh, mainly for the AI. Um, again, the AI will determine. Again, we'll 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 have to do our best to have like a detailed to create like a detailed profile. But pretty much, um, the AI will determine that based off you know how detailed and how. Where exactly the profile that user's at in their educational or
4: career um, uh, path? yeah, I think uh, so so this kind of goes back to the guy with the simple resistance.
1: The main thing that I, I would start with is is the problem you You have a solution in mind, but but doesn't you know what's what's the problem, and how big is the Tam of the problem? Um, like I get the general concept of it, but it's really like not really driving home and it's too esoteric and frothy and like let's say for example i you know i want to i want to teach kids to code okay so there's like a lot of like coding tools and ai generated tools now with coding to like teach individuals to code and i would start with like one aspect like like that and say okay i'm going to learn how do people uh, teach everybody in the world to code on solana for example and here's a here's a series of questions and quizzes that can train the AI to see where you are on your, on your educational journey to be able to like code on Solana. And since you're building on Solana, like I'm sure the Solana foundation would like that. Right. So right now it's too big and too frothy and not distilled. And so if you can distill the problem and who's willing to pay for it, it's something that's super, super helpful because right now, like I I got to call it a bullshit flag, man. I don't mean to be like offensive or whatever. It just seems super, super frothy that you'd like, some ai is going to teach me like everything i want to know and you know i've used Chat gpt and i use it sometimes and it's cool but like it's it's woke and it it brings in um different educational papers and different educational related like things that i like are not necessarily true correct or and wrong so if you're telling me that you can teach me anything in the world um i'll point the chat gpt and be like dude there's so many problems with it that already exist and th- these guys have raised billions that i just don't buy it right so it's uh, yeah uh, I,
2: I i it's uh, fine. brian brian if i if i may it's 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 the point about the person who invented refrigeration nowhere near made the most amount of money from that invention it was coca-cola that leveraged the technology ai i think is going to be the exact same thing and what you guys are trying to do is capture this entire, the world of emerging market education instead of just doing more of the slow play Amazon method of let's start with books and then eventually we'll be the largest e-commerce company in the whole world. That's great to have that vision, but to pick one little thing to Brian's point, Java or Solidity or something like that to where you can really hone in on one specific thing, get really good at it, prove the
1: concept and then iterate yeah and the reason why we're leaning like i'm I'm personally leaning into coding languages is it's because it's binary it's either correct or it's not right you can you can compute it and you can make like you know use ai and there's a ton of ai tooling out there now to whether to check whether your code is correct unit tests and all this other stuff that's like out there and available some of the other stuff as you get to more philosophical kind of like endeavors you know like you can get into a philosophy class and 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 try to answer the question like what is truth like is truth like functional or is is truth you know you can argue about that for hours and hours right versus something a stem education where there are right and wrong answers so and so when you kind of lean into that uh, i'm suggesting leaning into coding leaning into more stem based educational things where there are um, maybe there's, maybe there's, uh, occupational gaps in the market and we need X amount of, um, you know, solidity developers, or, you know, what is the market opportunity and leaning into that market opportunity with this tech? Uh, and yeah, that's, that's my suggestion on your pitch.
10: Yeah. And appreciate your input. Um, and we, we understand that the AI isn't there yet, but the, the, the whole goal right now is to position ourselves so that we can scale. To AI's involved AI's um, improvement, so we know that you know maybe not a year or two, but maybe we know that within a decade that AI will get to the point that it can teach you uh, at a more accurate rate than it, it is now. So really, our goal right now is to position ourselves and um, and yeah, to establish ourselves. So you know we're starting early now, and we're hope we're hoping within you know a few, a few years we'll make some really good progress.
2: We appreciate you coming up here, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Russ, you want to try
9: again? Uh, I would love to try again. Hopefully, I'm coming through clear now or not, or you can let me know. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Um, So, I'll get going. Uh, My name is Russ. I've been in the NFT space, I guess, since uh, its conception. Um, I'm here to uh, revive NFTs and the idea of the metaverse uh, by bringing the next evolution of social media Um, And that comes along with uh, creating an immersive social world and correcting a lot of errors that have been done in apps such as the Sandbox and Decentraland and a lot of things in between. Um, We offer a white glove solution for onboarding into the metaverse. Um, We are a community uh, platform with tooling uh, for streaming and um, that also allows for um, streaming. You can do YouTube streams. You can do pretty much anything within our event system. Uh, We also have tipping uh, embedded and the idea of Pope. Uh, Popes are also included, uh, which is our stub system where you can have um, merchandise stores where groups can come in, sell merch through us, but it's all white glove um, and it's all done in-house and it cuts down on all these unnecessary uh, layers get started in the metaverse. So that's it.
2: Right on time, sir.
1: So, so Russ, rad, uh, Metaverse is cool. Um, and um, I, I have some in recently in the last like two, three weeks, uh, talking to a couple different projects in, in a similar space, my, The thesis that I have on on this space is that that the financial like you have to build crypto is going to be the financial rails for new mediums and new channels. And what you're communicating is that a meta, the Metaverse is the new medium and new channel. And financial rails are, don't exist for the metaverse. And so building financial rails for the metaverse will, will create the financialization and, and bring NFTs back into play. My biggest problem with this is if you look at the history of, of – and, and, and this isn't attacking your pitch so much. But like, I think there's like something really, really key here is that the, the massive amounts of funding that has gone into creator tools – has not been that successful, right? And now VC are investing in creators themselves versus creator tools because there just really aren't enough creators that are businesses. So my challenge to you, if I you know, put in a VC hat on or pitch hat on is who's the creator? Because without creators and without influencers, you're not gonna get distribution. Who is the creator that is gonna be the champion creator that kind of makes this thing possible? Versus like, oh, I got this, this platform play. Um, yeah, who's your first creator that you're going after?
9: Sure, yeah. And we have a multi-tiered system um, and we sell zones. And within those zones, they have venues and the venues uh, will make whoever the zone owners um, are money through the, um, they're just basically incentivized to bring in their own creators and utilizing our platform. Um, so that's kind of the angle there. Um, we're
1: pretty hands-off because the benefits are sort of baked in. Right. So you have real estate, and then, you know, I can get Argentina farmland, but if nobody is there to farm it or, you know, farm something valuable on it, like, and, and work the land, like, sure. it's not really right. valuable. Right. So how do you, how do you bootstrap that first the, value creation yep. or? Career? Yeah. No, the,
9: as far as onboarding, um, you know, luckily I've got a pretty rich network and, and that's going to, kind of make it seem valuable to be even part of the ecosystem to begin with uh, and then large brands as well. Um, but again, we, we have a group or we have an account type that is a group that can represent a band, like let's say it's Britney Spears or it can represent an NFT artist, but they can come in and utilize the platform and all its tooling to have that immersive sp- experience with their community and even grow their community with the tooling and just the immersive layers that we add um, to be able to interact with their fans. Uh, or audience. Um, but it's not just that. They can own spaces within the uh, communities themselves. And it really depends on this white label onboarding where they choose to make or allocate their building blocks to either um, private spaces, venues, or um, the public spaces, which I only assume brands would come in and want to do that because they're not a whole lot of revenue for that one. But exposure, yes.
1: Okay. So let me, I'll, I'll just get reiterate the point my my kid asked me to make a metaverse in sandbox because mr beast is doing it and now i'm looking into like making and building something in in sandbox because of mr yeah. beast right so i i think you live or die on on your creator relationship right
9: um if i can chime in i mean have you built it yet or have you started or have you hired someone to do it yet
4: no but it's, it's because a you project that we you'd have
9: to and you'd have to learn the proprietary software to do so, and that doesn't even mean the game's going to be fun. So we basically have that all done for you, and you know it's all there, uh, and it's actually baked into the cost of the zone itself. So,
1: okay, <laughs> like I just I, I I'm pretty I'm I'm gonna be pretty stubborn on this. One. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a tough the, space. The attention economy and entertainment economy is. All influencer and creator driven now. Let me
9: chime in. Okay, for instance, you have someone who has, let's, I don't know, it's a famous Twitch streamer, for instance. And then so you're in, you're watching your famous, this famous Twitch streamer, you're chatting along, that flood of text is just flying up the screen. I don't know how he can read one of them and respond, but he does. He references the chat as one entity. But what is the opportunity for two of those people to actually connect over something they're passionate about next to zero? So, like, actually having a platform where something could be going on on the screen, but yet somebody you can chat with and walk over to the corner and have that one-on-one conversation is huge. So, just that one small aspect of the platform is is a great entry point. You know, I mean, it's a great uh, you know, uh, aspect in itself because that doesn't exist and nobody's capitalizing on that sort of relationship. And I mean, that's all we're about is getting you closer to. Uh, the things you care about, getting you um, the NFTs that you can showcase, which is a reflection of you, but ultimately being a hub for communities um, either to grow or to discover each other and people as well.
2: I guess I guess we'll have to we'll have to put this one uh, put this. Oh, one sure, to rest. Sure. I don't know. I don't know if um, I don't know if we're getting getting across, but we really appreciate you coming up here and, and yeah, sharing no, this. no, I time.
9: appreciate the opportunity. Thanks guys.
2: Is there, is there any, anybody right, right in the, in the meantime that you you're dying to meet anybody? I know you said you got a rich network, but is there any, anybody that you're looking to meet, whether it's chains, investors?
9: Um, I love franchises. So if you got any of those, um, existing web two franchises, um, the underdogs preferably. That's interesting.
1: So that's, that's an interesting take is like get, getting, getting, Getting web two companies that want that that need some innovation or have budget or an innovation arm in web three to then come test and play around and get them something to for them to buy. That that's an interesting distribution yeah. channel.
9: And we love variety too. So anything that allows, you know, our end user to be able to customize their own personal spaces or their characters, whether it be apparel or items, um, we definitely want that. And so you know, I love nostalgic stuff that we can fit in there, but old brands that have like expired, they're easy to work with or not expired, but you know what I mean? Um, But fun stuff that that people resonate with um, and speaks to like their
1: affinity, if you will. Awesome. Yeah. I think, um, you know, if uh, there was a project that we were working on a couple, like, I guess it was about a year and a half ago. And, and we, you know, if I'm in your shoes, I I really do like that distribution angle because there are these kind of like, Un untethered budgets from fortune 500 companies that that have like blockchain web3 innovation head of innovation head of you know blockchain at like these web2 companies and there's probably like well last time we did a crawl there was like 2500 ish uh people at fortune 500 companies with web3 or, or blockchain um in their uh you know in their title mm-hmm. or, that number's or, probably or, double that today Maybe. Right. And so like, I mean, like, that's what I would lean into is, is trying to figure out the people that want to dip their toes. I mean, I, so similarly, I did this back in like, what was it? 2009, 2010 selling mobile apps. Right. So anybody that had like mobile or innovation I went after and I ended up getting a, a contract, um, through for, um, limited brands, which, which is like Victoria's secret. And then got a contract doing the same thing with, um, uh, uh, Kellogg's and we did the first app for Kellogg's mobile app for Kellogg's and we did the first app for Miller Lite and uh, limited brands kind of using this methodology
9: yeah no I mean that is that is our target as, as far as revenue is concerned um and it also you know doubles as giving our uh, consumers a variety of things to pick from and, and purchase so um but scarcity is also key and we're uh we curate all of our content um so it looks all nice and pretty but uh, the conversations have been pretty easy so far, especially once they see the demo. Um, so it's—I mean—it's really exciting. I'm gonna check out. Yeah, this demo, yeah. Dude. Hit me up in uh, DMs, and and uh, I can I can give you the full tour. Cool. Sounds good.
4: All Thank right, you. thanks, Russ.
9: Martin, I appreciate
2: you, Russ. All right, now we're gonna replace the U with the O and bring up one of our very own, Mister Ross. Hey guys, Ross here, not Russ.
11: Okay, here we go. Um, guys, I'm Ross. Uh. I'm putting Apple stock and other US securities on the blockchain, but we're doing it with a reason to actually participate rather than just using Robinhood, which is easier. That reason is that we've actually put Delta neutral vaults on chain where you can keep your exposure to US securities like Apple, but also make an additional 10 to 20% yield from blockchain volatility with limited exposure to the crypto assets with which you're paired. Our team's expertise lies at the intersection of finance, DeFi, blockchain growth. We're driven by founders who previously worked at Nier and drove millions of on-chain users. Our DeFi engineers are the trusted minds who are implementing Compound across a bunch of different networks. Our broker-dealer partners hold the assets one-to-one in brokerage accounts that make on-ramps and off-ramps easy. And our KYC partners were originally created so that we could get the approval time for a top 25 blockchain grants program from a month to five minutes. Uh, We are currently determining what ecosystem we should deploy on where there's enough interest to bootstrap about 10 million in liquidity which is the minimum that our broker-dealer partners need to execute and make this happen. If you know a blockchain or you're interested
1: in supplying TVO, we'd love to chat. Perfect. Damn, dude. All right, Ross, meet Debra. Debra, meet Ross. We can introduce you guys after the fact. Um, um, she's got some real-world asset uh, on-ramping and off-ramping. I think that's like a, a natural uh conversation I, I i might need to recuse myself from this pitch because i've
2: helped We <laughs> have had a bunch I'll, of conversations i'll roast them up i'm i'm feeling i'm feeling angry give me your not, best not joe actually. um all i'll say is just because you talked faster doesn't make your pitch better just because you shared more information than the average person and you squeezed it all perfectly into 60 seconds i know you practiced that pitch 54 times before this and also you and i also know that you told ChadGBT to write you a pitch for a made-up company that doesn't even exist but that's okay dude no i'm just playing i'm super excited about this because yeah i think equities are a joke everybody thinks it's the safest bet maybe it is maybe it isn't it's just another ponzi but at the end of the day, if I can have Apple stock and hold exposure to Apple stock, but also have a Delta neutral trading strategy on that Apple stock and earn 10, 20% allegedly risk free, fine, I'll take it. That sounds awesome to me. And who doesn't want who doesn't want to play with US equities on chain? That's great. So that was, so, yeah, I'll Joe, a, that was just a lot of support. I'll, I mean, playing
11: devil's advocate, you still do have the risk. It's a limited exposure, it's not zero exposure. If you actually have like a Robinhood account, you probably have more protections than if you're on chain, but the protections really are that it, the stock is still in the broker dealer's account. And if someone steals your account or something, you can lock it down. And because of the KYC, it'll migrate back to that account.
4: Um, yeah, a couple well, of things. Okay. So, so I think
1: like, I mean, I'm, restaking is hot and this is gonna go like completely tangent, but like restaking is a really, really hot topic right now. And what you're basically saying is to anybody with Apple stock, you can get like embedded yield on it. And so like every custodian, every kind of like wealth manager that holds Apple stock basically becomes kind of your target to say, Hey, you want, you're going to hold Apple exposure and you want to get, to get, um, you know, on-chain yield from it. Here's a platform for that. So I think you're going to get, like a ton of hands that raise uh, from the supply side. The question that I really have is the demand side. And um, do, like I know chains want Apple stock, and this is a, this is a thing that that I struggle with. And and then we talked about this before. I know chains want Apple stock and securities and RWAs on the chain, but do crypto users actually want it? And and that's the thing that I kind of struggled with in the last time we talked, and this is this thing I struggle with it again. Like. Do people really want to trade Apple or have exposure to Apple or leverage on Apple on chain? I, and I don't know the answer to that question.
11: I think it's a trust thing and a question of, do you already hold Apple stock as a user? And would you feel just as safe having it here instead of your ETrade account? And if you're going to have it here, it's not really completely decentralized. It's still centralized to the broker dealers. It's just using the blockchain as a technology layer to let you do this additional, additional yield aggregation thing on top of it. Um, I don't know. That's how I think. So then, right. so then, you get
1: this weird thing if you if you're allowing people to like mint your Apple stock on chain, which is kind of like what you're doing, and then they lose it um, through leverage trading or or whatever, like loaning against it and getting liquidated or whatever. Mm-hmm. That reclaim method becomes really difficult, right?
11: For the broker dealer, or whoever you're transferring it to, they would have.
1: Yeah, whoever's after it, whoever's trying to offer it.
11: You, like they you do have to exposure. create a sub, like, number of users that have been KYC'd they are the only people that can actually participate in this. So I think that is a big barrier that you're throwing up against anyone who actually wants to participate. But if they've been KYC'd, which lets them be the collateral, the, the other side of the, the lending pool, then the broker-dealer network can talk to each other programmatically with APIs, and they, on that side, can... Share that KYC information to know exactly who the person is that's off ramping. The whole point of KYC but, is just to make sure that terrorists don't buy U.S.
1: securities. So you would know who that person is to off ramp. I, I, I hear you. Is there enough on-chain demand for securities? Is my question. Like that's. that's I'd the say whole- I'd yeah. say not yet because people don't realize what you can do with
2: them. That's why I'm thinking instead of leaning into the features of. Oh, it's. The diff, the delta neutral thing. I know it's difficult to pitch that and make sure someone understands how cool that is in sixty seconds. But that's the difference between using Robinhood to buy this.
1: And- but delta neutral doesn't make any yield unless people are trading or levering. Like right. like, are you going to want to lever and get two x Apple stock?
2: Right. You need it, the it, you need the volatility.
1: Yeah. You need you need users that want like two x ten x exposure on Apple stock on chain. That, hmm. that's where I'm struggling with like if like if you were able to show like hey these are these are all the people that want 10x leverage on apple stock or 10x short on apple stock on chain like then then you know all the pieces line up like dude i don't i didn't get into i didn't get into crypto to um you know i've you know the standard wallet and then i have the Gen wallet I, my dgen wallet is not for apple right it's just not it's just not enough um Volatility for me. It's not enough exposure or, or potential like number go up. Like, yeah, I got, you know, traditional accounts and I stuff. I think,
2: I think what, what Brian's saying is we need to get, we need to screw the whole Apple pitch and we need to go to penny stocks on chain. But is 10X Apple as volatile as a penny stock?
11: I mean, it goes up or down. Maybe it's going to trend up, but it still goes down.
1: Yeah, you need enough people that need, that want like leverage. If, if there's enough, and I don't know the answer to that question. If, get that question answered, and and like yeah, dude, I think it'll exist. Okay. Thank you. But more, more, more people went in on on. So the only corollary to this would probably be Mirror on uh, Terra. Um, there was a Mirror protocol, and then the other one is like uh, a DeFi chain, right? I mean, they have they have exposure to Microsoft and Apple, but like it's it's kind of like hidden a little bit into in their interface. It's like, can you leverage that? Are people leveraging that, or are they not leveraging that? And then, like, the question then becomes: Is like, if you're if you're giving all the yield away for minting and and going delta neutral, like, will you have enough marketing budget to like attract users that that want to go lever up or lever down on on those securities? So I, these are just questions, dude. I, I I like the idea. I think it'll exist. It's just you know who's gonna pay to inform the users and are there enough users that wanna leverage long or short Apple on chain? So I've been thinking about the
11: liquidity suppliers, but it is really the education of that investment strategy, not for the suppliers, it's for if, everybody else.
2: I wonder if, if there's a, a way to do a little bit of market research on that by offering structured products of delta neutral apple synthetics before you go to all the trouble of getting a legitimate rwa right which
5: is super
1: illegal bro (laughs) that's like so illegal to do i mean that's why that's why they tried to like arrest doquan at, at mainnet like three years ago
11: this might sound naive but synthetics or actual rwas are
4: illegal the 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 synthetics got it yeah a lot of a lot of stuff is illegal. I don't know. <laughs> just go do. Re-
2: you're just doing research. You're just a kid asking questions at the park. If you don't take someone's money. It's just user research. Yeah, you give everybody their money back, or don't.
4: <laughs> Whatever. All right. Here's All right. That stuff. was bad. Cool. Thanks, guys. Everybody. I, I think
2: that's everybody. I, I don't. It, unless there's anybody else in the audience that wants to wants to share their project and give some feedback that was really fun that was a uh, there's a lot of smart people that showed up and and shared some really cool things i'm bullish on the space as ever it's cool to see faces that have been around for a long time it keeps me hopeful brian any any closing thoughts dude i think we should do this
1: again if we can get such a, a talented crew together again um and you know you know, Raza, Deborah, Ross, like maybe we wait like a week or two, get you back up again and and you know, try to try to hone it in. But it was rad. We saw like a lot of old faces and a lot of like, you know, people that we've known for a while that are coming back on project two and three in crypto. And and I think that's like really like the thing, right? Is like that I that I noticed is like, you know, entrepreneurs entrepreneur and you know, they hustle and they're gonna pump out new projects and it's and it's rad. So it's good to see I had fun hopefully it was entertaining and people liked it I sure had fun as well
2: yeah I appreciate everybody for for coming out and we'll definitely do this again
1: alright signing off and we'll Bad see enough. you in a week or two for the next episode of uh, Kill Crypto thanks a lot everybody right.
0: cheers 's got them acting all faithless yo fam what check these tokenotics they probing this bear flexing broken knives. i had to lay my soul down i'm just roasting natas the and then to end a long day eleven bowls of chronic never known a politic i was born to frolic it's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot we got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top we like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom over impossible it's all moss and I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning, form and forming my bonds Flick the cap though the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace, Stacked in non-toxic just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these maple leads They call it implausible when model after model keeps on Ripping off the code and going full throttle beats, tearing apart your community. All these low-hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Gotta plan it in reach, coming standard to each I'm on the back, ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we we'll are round up the beast and Send a messenger east, y'all better sign a release When I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers, fuckers fuckers, screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse, misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We raping under the earth, say and wonder about the worth of Play. Ring around the rosy, while the thunder is heard. spaces.